Welcome back to Two Track Minds. I'm Liam Toms. With me remotely is Edward Crawley. <laughs> after, after, what is the time? 45 minutes of trying to get connected on something. I know. It's funny, isn't it? Because this, this lockdown is different to the first one in many ways. Yeah. You would think, second time around, that things would be running smoothly and that we'd be quite well rehearsed at this whole way of living. But it's been like being dropped into deep water this week. Without uh, the old arm on. Yeah, in more ways than one. And uh, I, I don't know why it's taken us so long. Our, our, our trusty Zencaster wasn't quite working out for us. So, so we are via Zoom today. Uh, which, which is which is the the people's choice, isn't it? Yeah, which does mean that if anybody wants the video of this uh, of this podcast, we could make it available. Probably won't. I'm in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sat in front of the tumble dryer. I'm in fact from the headboard. Well, yeah, you look far comfier than me. I'm sat on a, a Moroccan puff. Oh, beg your pardon, <laughs> and. and um, and I, I'm propped up on a footrest, so. But we are making do. I'm I'm relatively comfy. Good. <laughs> uh, good. So, uh, what have you been up to? Not a lot. <laughs> you're you're nothing's changed for you, has it? You're just still at home, plodding on, getting on with your bits and bobs. Yeah. Although, do you know what? It does feel different because I feel like the the mood has changed, like the energy around has changed. Like, it, it, my life hasn't changed. Is that because of your new boy? Yeah, you'd be surprised how much of a difference that's made. So just for a <laughs> bit of uh, context, uh, as you, some of you may know, uh, Edward is a, pl- is a plumber. And after many years of being a plumber, he's finally plumbed my house. I fit a new boiler a couple of weeks ago. Um, just in time for the uh, restrictions to be put back. For the winter period? Yeah, that's the more important thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do feel like when I'm talking to people, like people, you know, obviously people that are far more affected by this than I am. And I feel like I'm, I'm sort of absorbing their, their negative, um, not energy, that sounds like I'm putting the blame at their door, but you know what I mean? Like, I can tell that people aren't as upbeat as they were a month ago, should we say? Well, well let's be honest. We we certainly don't want this to be a lockdown episode, but it, it's been a it's almost a year. You know, we're not far off. We're closer to a year than we are six months now. So mm-hmm. it's like it's and you know it's still here. Um, but what also is still here is good music. And that is why we're still here. Hey, he's bring in the, bring in the reviews of the world today. But first of all, I would like to say a big happy birthday oh, um, to Booker T. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Booker T and the MGs, he was mentioned in a previous episode. Um, famous for the Green Onions track, um, but yes, happy birthday. 
Booker T, born on this day in 1944. Can you now look at whose birthday it is and plot when we're going to record around, oh, that'd be <laughs> that one. I, I genuinely, when we record, I get upset if there's no one of any merit. Now, I know that Booker T, I'm sure, 10% of the listeners have probably heard of him, 90% probably haven't. Well, so to chuck one different in there, happy birthday also to Sean Cooper. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Nor did I. <laughs> He's the Taken Back Sunday bassist. Oh. I'm sure they've had multiple bases over the years, haven't they? Yeah, I'll just, yeah. Um, but that's the different end of the scale. And he's 44 years younger than Booker T. Wow. And Sean was born in 1980. Booker T must be like... Well, 1940... He is old! <laughs> yeah. 86. <laughs> My measure now is when I see people that were born like pre 45, I always think, oh, they were born during the war. Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> I can't shake that now when I look at when people were born. Like, and that's my measure of, fuck, they are old. But there's well, lots I don't, of I don't think... people still around that were born pre war. Well, yeah, I don't want to get all my birthdays out of the way, but let's do it. Happy birthday, born this day on 1945. You know, the year the war ended, isn't it? Yeah, Neil it? Young. Oh. Keep on rocking in the free world. Yeah, he was, you know. a, he was a wartime baby then. Yeah, good on him. That's it, that's the birthdays done. Uh-huh. That's the birthday shout out. Just like Milkshake on Channel 5 or CBBS. happy birthday. <laughs> I thought you might have peaked a bit too early with those. Have you got anything else today? I've got two other things, yeah. Do you want them now? <laughs> no, probably pace them out a little bit. What do we? One of them. You're, you're gonna love one of them. I'm all out of sorts with all this. Like, what do we normally do? We normally start oh, with music, don't we? Well, in one of them, there's a few sorts that you're gonna get interested in. <laughs> have you? you said, have you completed your sorts musical? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the sorts. Um, anyway, I've got a single for you. A new one. Okay. I sent you a list of what I'd listened to, and then today something came on my Spotify. Um, a single that you mentioned not so long ago, uh, Midnight Sky by Miley Cyrus. Yeah. They've done a remix of it, um, and it looks official because it came off Miley's and the other person in question Spotify, so I'm guessing they're involved. It's not just like a Steve Ioki thing where he's... Um, grabbed it but it's with Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac her big song Edge of Seventeen which starts off the I think um, it's the song that Destiny's Child ripped off the and then it breaks into just like and I think it's been ripped off by a few people Destiny's Child did Kelly can you handle this I don't think that one, that was the intro was nicked from Edge of Seventeen, Stevie Nicks. But so it starts off with the Stevie Nicks little thing, and then it comes into Midnight Sky, and then they've chopped in the lyrics from and Stevie singing them. It's a really cool remix. Really works well with the two songs together. So I just wanted to mention it because you'd mentioned the Miley track. What um, I don't know a month ago. 
That's cool. But I check it out. I, I, I check it out. If you if you liked the original Miley Cyrus Midnight Sky track, then I think you'll like this remix. It's really well done. Hmm. And I do. I have a sort of appreciation for Stevie Nicks as well. So yeah, I will check that out. That's cool. Just waiting for him to finish drinking his beer now. Sorry about that. Well, you could have come in with a single you've got. <laughs> well, um, I have a last minute one actually. Just before um, I started uh, attempting to record today, uh, I caught that there was a new Pale Waves uh, single and video. Oh yeah. And I, I can't remember if I've if I've spoken about them that much on the podcast. Yeah. I feel like I was listening to their album probably around the time that we started making this show, uh, which was, um, I can't remember the top of my head what it was called now, but it was their debut album. Uh, but this is the first single from the second album. Now, the first album, right, now I don't really like genres, and I, I always find genres like quite awkward. But if I had to, I'd say that they are definitely like goth pop. Okay, like it, it's niche. They don't sound too dissimilar to some of like say nineteen seventy five stuff, but they are like she dresses in a very sort of like um, Susie Sue sort. She dresses of, like the front woman of Evanescence. Uh, no, more sort of like eighties goth. Oh, okay, all right. More like uh, Robert Smith. But anyway, all right. so this new. Like a bloke. <laughs> No, just like a golf. I know. <laughs> um, it's it's like they are going through the decades because it. Oh my god! You see the video. I don't know whether it's intentional or not, but it looks very late nineties, early two thousands. Like it does. You wouldn't have been shocked if it had been released as an Avril Lavigne back from her early years. And, okay. And the guys, the way they're dressed, they look like they've just finished playing a game of um, pro skater <laughs> on the... Uh, oh, right. Like, it just looks so of that era. Um, and I don't know whether the video is supposed to be, like, a homage to that style or whether they've just, like, okay, they've reinvented themselves for the new album and they've literally gone in, like, in chronological order of styles from, like, 80s goth to, like, 90s, like, grunge skater sort of style. And, yeah, yeah. Like, the song's good. The song is good. I enjoyed it. Oh, cool. Um, we'll make right, so two tracks that we both enjoyed. Um, sort of poignant for the timing, but we can now, on this date, say that as long as no one gets involved, Trump is no longer... Or, or won't be for much longer, the president, but uh, two tracks that came out in sort of uh, backing the spirit of getting rid of him were the de uh, the new Descendants tracks, two tracks they did, Suffrage, uh, following on from the edge that they like, Bike Edge, My Edge, um, Edges, you know. <laughs> um, they had two tracks, On You and Hindsight 2020. Um, and you sort of alerted me to them i'm sure i would have found them that day anyway but you sort of said listen what yeah what did you think well you know what i thought i said like they're not fucking about are they like no they were not fucking about they are that first one like the intro like like the aggression in milo's voice and then it almost goes a bit playful with the ha, ha, 
you know, like screaming. And then it just goes into quintessential Descendants chords, you know, um, Stefan on the guitar, like the twiddly bits. And it's just like, it's so, so good. Like, if that is possibly what the new album might be, that's awesome. Because that could be like a bit of a throwback to maybe older Descendants. Like, they've done it before with... um, um, they did a track called American, which was very fast and very just to the point. Yeah. And I think Descendants work very well when they're to the point and they're sort of not. The thing is with, um, you know, Bill Stevenson's lyrics and whoever's chipping in lyrics, because I know they've all had involvement, but they're, um, they're, they're not route one because they're so clever. And Bill Stevenson as a songwriter is insane. Like it's why they've still got a career now and they're still producing the albums they are. But these are both just, there's no, like you said, there's no fucking about. It's obvious what they're saying and they do it with just pure punk rock enthusiasm mm. and aggression. And it just, it's so good. Yeah. So like we, we talked a little bit about this, didn't we? Cause um, these came out around the time that you were working in my house. <laughs> and yeah. The- so I, I was saying, like, you know, I got into the Descendants with the uh, Cool To Be You album, which yeah. is, when you look at the whole of their, like, back catalogue, it's almost a bit of an anomaly because it is the most... Um, Poppy? Yeah, it's the most, like... Uh, the lack of a better term, that is. Yeah. Like, the songs are, like... How am I trying to... What, what am I trying to say? They aren't as scatty as some of their other stuff has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're quite well-written, almost sensible songs. The album that they did more recently, which obviously there was like a 12-year gap in between, um, Hypercapium Spazinate, I feel like that was a fairly good like mix of like all the different eras of Descendants. Like It, it was almost like a greatest hit, but new songs. Like it kind yeah. of... Yeah they're sort of like the breadth of their songwriting history. And obviously they're a band that have been around for what, 30, probably knocking on like nearly 40 years. Yeah. But these two tracks, I, I feel like even, even on that last album where there was such a broad spectrum of sounds, I, I don't feel like they went this wild as they No, had. no, no. So these were like a real, like almost welcome surprise. And I don't know whether they did it because they were like, we want to do something fun. We've not done this for a while. Or whether it was just like spurred on by the the moment of wanting to do something politically infused, I don't know. But I I remember thinking when they were released, I was like, okay, we're about a week or so out from the election. Like either these songs are going to be like tracks that you listen back to and you're like, oh, thank God, like it's worked out for the best. Or you ain't going to want to listen to these in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out of what's happened. That you ain't gonna even want to think about anything to do with. Yeah, it was a bold. It was a bold move. Yeah, and as it happened, just in case, <laughs> being done. <laughs> the nonsense. Well, yeah. The, well, exactly that. You know. Um, but it, yeah, I don't. Yeah, they potentially would have fitted on the last album, but I think they 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 reminded me more of the Everything Sucks era, the sort of which is a phenomenal album um but yeah yeah i just i think i said to you didn't i i said if there's any punk bands thinking of bringing out 
something that's relevant to the time like covid or election or what's going on like that's the bar they've just set it yeah. you know in in terms of quarantine songs and songs that are topical shall we say these are probably my favorite that's been released currently mm. and i know that you know i think i was against quarantine and covid songs somewhat because i think they were all becoming a bit root one like i'm stuck indoors i'm washing my hands oh shocker, really you know like oh dearie me i ran out of toilet paper i'm wiping my ass on a towel you know it was all fucking it was shit wasn't it <laughs> Uh, it's a weird thing. I, at some point, I'd like to do like a, a retrospective look back over the songs, like maybe in like a year or two from now. And just yeah, let's just... not do it this year. No, <laughs> no it, it needs the distance from them to to look at them um, subjectively. But that that being that being said, I think an album done in this time is totally different to someone writing a song about. Yeah. Do you remember what? what I was talking about that back in, I guess it must have been, what, the spring? When I said about that, um, I spoke about the uh, Charlie XCX album that she'd made in quarantine. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I said, one of the good things is, like, it's not referencing what's going on right now. The more I've listened to the songs, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely about the situation. But it, was, it wasn't done in a blatant way. Like, it was kind of, like, laced in, but it wasn't well, like, on the nose. A big, I'm, I'm, normally we do the singles, don't we, before I do a deep dive into albums, but I've just realised as I was saying all of that, there's an album that's just been released. Um, so I'm happy to talk about it now if you'd like. Um, technically, it, it's an EP. It's 32 minutes long, um, but it's still eight tracks. Oh, um, yeah, but it's it the, it the reason it's an, they're calling it an EP because there's going to be four EPs released in a year period, um, and the first one's just been released. Um, Post Human, so the series is called Post Human, and this EP is called Sur Survival Horror, Bye. and it is by Bring Me the Horizon, um, a band that we've talked about before. Um, in the fact that in 2019 they did that collaboration album uh, where they were given out parts and they gathered an album. They also really released a full album called Ammo in 2019, which sort of was a genre-bending album where it was a bit trancey and a bit dancey, um, a bit pendulum, you know, on the heavier side of sort of uh, rave and stuff, but still had his vocals and a bit shouty but it, it it was it was definitely an album that played with their genre that you would put them in that you know bearing in mind they came out originally as sort of like a deathcore band him screaming you know fully tattooed a bit of an image um and now they're just you know they're they're, they're well i'll go on to explain so the EP I was sort of excited to listen to. They were a band that I don't think either of us have would say we're fans of. I've got I don't own any of their albums. I know of their albums because I've listened to them purely because with Bring Me the Rise and they come with this sort of history and this bit of a I don't know if you'd call it an aura, but 
definitely a history, you know, the alleged, and I say allegedly, weeing on a fan in a tour bus or something that Ollie did years and years ago. Oh, God, we're going to end up in some fucking lawsuit. I, I have said allegedly. I don't, he was never found guilty of it. Um, he jumped on the table, at, uh, on the Coldplay table, uh, the Brits once, and smashed all their table up. And it was sort of meant to be because Coldplay and Bring Me released an album called um, uh, Sem- uh, Sempaternal. Oh, and it had a little yeah. image on. In the artwork or something. Yeah. And then Ollie Sykes got on the table at Coldplay and everyone was like, oh, it's a backlash. It's a backlash. And he was like, no, I just jumped on the nearest table. Coldplay just happened to be sat there. Whether or not you believe that, but so there's there's this history and there's this you know, but looking back at it, I see what you mean. Like if you, if you're someone that hasn't followed them musically, your only uh, frame of reference are these mild scandals. Um, and I say mild because there's no um, there's no uh, clarity as to whether these things happened. I mean, obviously, he did jump up on the table, but the other stuff so, for what the purpose was, you know. Um, but then you, you sort of do a deep dive into their music and where they've been on the album charts. Last album went number one on the day it would, you know, and it held that number one spot all week. Mm. And they're a band that not many member changes. I think there's been two. They added a, a, a synth keyboard piano player and they got rid of a guitarist. And I think that's basically it. Other than that, it's, the same bassist, same singer, same drummer. You know, there, there's four core members and then they added a fifth, basically. And then there was another guy, but he, for whatever reason, was left. They've, behind the scenes, they've just been going about their business and just slowly becoming a band that actually, in the genre of like rock and metal and whatever you want to pin them as, they really, and they probably are to their fans. You know, I've seen them in an arena. Now, albeit the main reason I wanted to go to that gig was because Basement was supporting. And I was lucky enough that um, a friend of ours was working merch uh, for the arena, not for the band, for the actual, the, the Bournemouth BIC. And he was able to get tickets. So I really just wanted to see Basement in Bournemouth. But I obviously stayed for the Bring Me set. So I've seen them in an arena. Um, we knew a chap who once got managed to blag me a photo pass. And I saw them in like a 200 cap venue in London in King's Cross, I think it was maybe. Um, I've seen them support a band at the, at the BIC. <laughs> we won't mention the band. Um, and I've seen them at Reading Festival. So they're a band that have... Uh, I've paid an interest enough. So. What this is all building up to is this EP, because it is, bearing in mind, gun to my head, my favourite genre of music is probably punk, you know, scar, variations of punk. Punk, I love punk, you know, punk rock, (laughs) scar punk. (laughs) I don't know how to put it, like, indifferently. Um, I'm flipping that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be my over, <laughs> uh, over the over the years, you know, 
I've I've in you know I used to be a big fan of Iron Maiden. Um, I had a I had a vinyl collection of Iron Maiden uh, vinyl worth four hundred quid, uh, and then you can't pay your rent and you have to sell your vinyls to someone in Italy who, <laughs> you know. Uh, but you know we've all been there. Um, many regrets with vinyl. That's one of the bigger ones. Hundred and four pounds for a Can I Play with Madness picture disc. <laughs> 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 can you play with madness can you cope with it fucking hell yeah. I, I, I could have probably 50 more vinyl but some had to take a tumble when rent was due back in the day um, but anyway so I've dabbled with different genres metal, rock, I like grunge I like indie, I've got a wide spectrum this isn't one that would typically be on my list I like Linkin Park but I partly think that's probably nostalgic so I sort of approached this album, this EP, whatever you want to call it, with an open mind, but also knowing that Bring Me weren't exactly my favourite band. And by the end of it, I was pressing play to listen to it again. Oh. It is, it is like phenomenal. <laughs> like, and talking about COVID tracks, and I put that in inverted commas, the first two tracks, Dear, Dry Dear Diary and Parasite Eve, are all referencing lockdown and quarantine and, uh, you know, this idea that the, the human race needs to learn something from the year we've had. Mm -hmm. And that um, there's a line that goes, um, when we come out of this, will we remember the lesson? And it's like, it's actually got, when you hear it, screamed at you. You almost want to go, yeah, will they fucking remember the lesson? You know, you. I felt myself like on behind Ollie going, yeah, sing it, Ollie. I don't know the whole, it's, it's fucking mental. Like the first track, this Dear Diary track, is like a thrash metal track. And it's got this lockdown. And I think I mentioned it with the, um, oh, with the interview. You mean breakdown? Yeah. You got lockdown on the brain, mate. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> lockdown. Um, they, they, I mentioned it in the last interview that he said about only playing, only wanting to write tracks that they could play live. And it wouldn't surprise me if they went and did a post-human survival horror tour because they could play every track live. Every track would be... And they, they're so good... Uh, putting in bits for a live set so there's a there's a um the second track parasite eve there's a bit where it's just about to go into a breakdown and it stops and he just and ollie just goes move and it's in the album and clearly he'll say it live but straight after that is this fucking insanely heavy breakdown and it is and there's two of them in the track because then there's another melodic verse and chorus and then there's another breakdown and it's like oh my god they're like throwing it at you and it's a total contrast from the last album which as i said experimented with a bit more dance and rave and this is just almost going back to what they're sort of known for this sort of um metalcore deathcore his vocals screaming but then there's this melodic uh sentiment over all of it and it is it's really it's so mature like i think what they've done here is 
for people like me who weren't a fan, it's made me think, Jesus Christ, you know, these are, this is a British band here. This is the band that are, when they do Warp Tour, they're the biggest band on Warp Tour and they're on the biggest stage and they close normally. You know, this is a band that are doing arenas in America. This is a band that can take any band on tour with them now. And I don't know if we really know over here what we have. And they're, you know, they started off as this MySpace band, you know, back in the early 2000s. And now suddenly they're just number one albums. And they are like, we've mentioned it, um, we've joked about it before with, um, you know, the Spotify just in case top I'm five. Wondering. I'm just letting Colin out, Colin out of the room. You can continue. Thanks. Um, we've mentioned it before, Spotify, basically the top five that it shows you are normally the top five most played tracks. And if you go on to say MXPX, for a long time, that was two covers as the top two. And Mike Carrera was very, very pushy about trying to get rid of them because they don't really make any money off them. But now um, they've got a new top track and he's over the moon about it. Well, if he was to join Bring Me The Horizon, all five of those tracks are from this EP. Mm. It's been out like a week yeah. and already those top five tracks are all from this EP which I find insane that's how many listeners they're getting yeah. like that's silly numbers <coughs> excuse me but like track three teardrop is quite Linkin Park hybrid theory-esque and that's a wicked track and then I've discussed Obey with Youngblood, uh, Youngblood as a single that's probably a bit more Route 1. That's definitely like the single and you can hear it. But then there's a track called Kingslayer with Baby Metal. Are you aware of Baby Metal? A uh, Japanese um, metal band, all, all female. And that's like a Pendulum style track. And that's awesome. Like, and I don't know if I've been fooled by the production or whoever mixed it or anything, because that is insane as well. But... Yeah, it's just, it's it's a poignant album for the time. It speaks of war against this disease, but it also speaks of like the human condition and like what we're prepared for and what we're not prepared for, which I guess suggests the name, this survival horror post-human. Like, but it's just as an EP, like I've listened to it a, a couple of times now and it is it's it's insane it's like fair play to them and like their songwriting ability because i really think they need to be taken seriously and maybe they are maybe i'm just not in the in that loop but i do i do think what they've done here is pretty phenomenal like if this was like a foo fighters doing this it would be all over enemy it would be it would be everywhere and i th I, th I feel quite proud to say that they're from sheffield you know it's funny isn't it like I feel like a lot of music like theirs, which is, you know, perhaps not going to be your parents' favourite, is kind of dismissed as being silly. Or, or, or do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just noise or whatever. But sometimes, and I think in a lot of cases, 
when you look at the lyrical content and the intent of some of these songs, the message behind it, it's actually, yeah. some, it's actually some of the most intelligent stuff out there. And I, I think that that gets missed, you know, <laughs> were it Cliff Richard singing some of these things, you feel like a lot more people would take notice. And maybe that's an outdated reference, but do you, you get what I'm saying though, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think if, if John, John Lennon or McCartney was to come out with this survival horror idea... You'd be bloody surprised if John Lennon did. He's dead. Well, no. And, and, survival you know, he's missed out on 2020, hasn't he? Um, but you know what I mean? Like you said, Cliff Richard or Paul McCartney, if they came out like something like this, it would almost be like, oh, a saviour for our time. You yeah, know? Yeah, it would be, it'd be sort of like lauded as like, oh, the most like... Um, you know, socially uh, aware, like, anthem of our times. And it's like, someone that we're going to talk about in a bit, Sam Duckworth, aka Get Kate, he's got this real sort of like, what's a chip on his shoulder, but he, he really can't stand when people are always saying, like the music press and that, and just maybe the press in general, are saying like, where are all the, where are all the um, political, like, singers? Like, where are all, you know? Yeah. And he's like, they exist, like they are out there. Maybe you're just looking in the wrong places. Maybe they aren't, you know, um, like in the charts or, or, or playing music that is accessible to a wider audience, but there is some really like intellectual music out there and it might sound a bit unfriendly on the ear. Yeah, and I think that's what Bring Me have managed to do with this EP, and I'd, I'd be really interested to see how the concept of this four EPs works. But it, it's definitely intelligent. Like, you can't... I don't know if you can... Like I said, I'm not sure how big they are in the UK. I know they do, like, arenas, and they probably do a Wembley arena. But there's a lot of bands that come over that... I could mention like a fallout boy used to do Wembley arena. But if I mentioned that to someone in the street, they'd probably go who, mm. but you know, but I do wonder if bring me now should be getting sort of held in this thing. Like this is, you know, an intelligence in their songwriting that needs to be spoke as, you know, they're like a cold play of this genre, you know, they, you know, there's no reason why they can't, can't be as big as people thought Lincoln Park were, or as big as say um, Slipknot are. You know, because Slipknot continually, uh, continuously now tour just arenas. That's it. Like, I would almost feel bad for Bring Me Now if they had to duck down to like a Brixton, because this album proves that they've done it. They they've reached the peak, and this is from someone who. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, you know, this is from someone who's listened to it as an in, out of interest because I know of the band and I've listened to tracks before, but I wouldn't, but now I, I will, well, I've, I've vinyl to have in the collection. You know, it's, it's an album that has made me pay attention and I will be keeping an eye on what they do from now on because if, I wonder if each EP might be a different sound and this would probably be the one I favour, but I won't know until they've released them. So it's something that I will be keeping an eye on. I get the sense, given how long they've been going, <coughs> that without like a break or without any, like, I don't know, without people losing interest, I get the sense that they probably have a fairly 
decent sized core fan base that means that they'll continue to keep going even you know at a level slightly below where they're at for a long time like do you know what i mean like i feel that there's a a point when a band gets past that sort of barrier and like you know (laughs) here's the less than jake moment like they've made a point recently of saying that they don't need to do this new album like they've got to be releasing a new album they could keep touring on their back catalogue forevermore and that is because they are renowned as a live band they've got a core fan base and they've got an extended fan base that enjoy to see them live yeah yeah i get the sense that bring me probably in that like it's like it's like the i don't know why this just popped into mind it's like the who wants to be a millionaire like banding like it doesn't matter like they might not get the million pound prize but they're still going home with that check like a few a few uh questions before you know <laughs> like it doesn't matter what happens to them now they've hit a level where they'll always have a certain amount of interest to be able to play those shows like, yeah i think that's a big that's actually quite a big deal because there's a lot of bands that a huge achievement for a band yeah we've we, we've watched some of our favorite bands and you know we are um a single that's come out this week by um las vegas you know they have a core fan base but i don't know if they could continuously tour just on i think they need to stay in the in um in the people's eye by releasing new music do you know what i mean but they i mean they they disappeared for probably the best part of a decade in a way like they were still doing occasional touring yeah if that new album of theirs which is due for early next year comes out when it's supposed to that'll be eight years after their last album for for between a third and fourth album that is a long time yeah like they're not a, they're not a legacy band at that point that's able to go away for the best part of a decade. Like they're kind of restarting, and as you say, yeah, yeah, if they've got people that do like them that will still pay some interest, but that like enemy audience, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's dwindled over time. Yeah, it's it's mental. Well, um, but they did release a new single, uh, "Keep Me a Space." Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure whether that was the one because you, you on the list you said Las Vegas. I wasn't sure whether it was that one or a different one because I think that one came out in August. Did it? Yeah. So what's the new one? No, I think that I don't know if there is another new one because I checked because I was like, oh, I think I must be behind on this end. I don't know what's I don't know if it's because the the album's now been announced in the last couple of weeks and maybe they've bumped the track back up. Because I think the yeah. released to pretty much, you know, to very little fanfare, like, back in the summer. So I don't know whether this is kind of like, not, it's not been re-released. It's, it's not like that these days, is it? But I think maybe no. they kind of, like, pushed it a second time. Oh, um, okay. All right. Well, bearing in that in mind, I've just checked out. So did you... We didn't talk about it before, so we can yeah. talk about it now. It's, um... Well, I've done a, I just did a lot of talking, so maybe you, uh... <laughs> Maybe I'll sit back. <laughs> well, it, I, I felt to, to me, it's the closest to the debut album that they've sounded um, since that album. Like, the, the second album went a little bit, um, uh, a, a little bit, like, hmm, uh, sort of, like, far, what was I trying to say? Like, it, was, it wasn't as grounded as the first album. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they kind of went a little bit. Trying to put it in a nice way. Um, spacey. <laughs> <laughs> I had cosmic in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that is a. I'd love to say that's a first, but it's not. Well, because they've got the little thing, like the little, like uh, NASA, like yeah. <laughs> like to launch at the beginning. But do you know what I mean? Like it was kind of like they, so. The first album for me, I thought was very grounded and sounded very Scottish, and then like they hit the big time on that album, and then I feel like that second album was very like influenced by them being like suddenly like quite famous yeah uh, like there definitely was especially around like um daddy's gone and flowers and football tops so definitely was like this is the new sound this is what we're up this is this is a band that's taken indie and they've they've chopped it around and they've mashed it and this is the new indie and then they got to the second album and sort of went, well, let's chop it some more, add a bit more like sparkles and glitter. And I, <laughs> I, I wonder if... I don't, I don't quite know what we're, what we're trying to get at with it, but I think we're on the same page. Like, I think they, need, they almost wanted with that second album. And there's some great tracks on that second album. Yeah, um, they almost wanted to play it a bit more Geraldine, a bit more like Route One with their sound for one more album, I think. And I think they probably would be twice as big as they are, you know, yeah. if, if they've maybe written an album that sort of, you know, just to say, yeah, we know what we're doing here. Here's another album of Geraldine's, you know, and then then maybe do the lights and static and the glitter. <laughs> I wish people could see, and in truth, they probably could if we did share some of these screenshots. Uh, that one might get clipped. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, you're right. But this, this, curse, this thing... the curse of the indie band, isn't it? Because quite often, unlike punk bands, where their first album might be a bit of a uh, a fan favourite, it's often recorded on a lower budget. It's a bit scrappier. And then it's like the next couple of albums when the production gets a bit better, that then they hit their really good album. Whereas I think with a lot of indie bands, they tend to get it right first time around. Then they have a few You could list them. You could list the bands. The, their best album is their first album. Razorlight. The Future Heads. Um, uh, Kaiser Chiefs. Um, hmm. The Kooks. There's there's fucking loads. Yeah, it's all the ones you know. That are indie. <laughs> um, I'm not going to include Maximo Park because yeah, I think they although that's I think they had sound and they they managed to really make it their own and um, although they dipped in popularity, I still think they're producing incredible albums. And I, that is from someone who I would happily be honest about any band. You know, there's there's tracks that come out from my favourite bands and I've gone, oh my god. Ah, shit you know i'm not afraid to dislike an album by a band i love so, so that, that, that third but then that third Las vegas album they kind of like i don't feel like it went right back to the the first i feel like the, the third album was quite depressing and there were some depressing moments that has been throughout their their, their you know the, the first two albums but the they're first, sort of known for it aren't they yeah it's part of their style but the third album i felt like it was 
yeah, it was almost like a bit bitter in places. And again, there are some great tracks on that album, but then they disappeared for a bit. And I read recently him saying, and I think this is when, around the time that track dropped, that the reason that they've been taking so long is because he's basically been building up his own studio to um, record and produce. And he has, obviously, this, this new album is, is all done by him. But he, I think he even alluded to that, that he was trying to recreate that sound that they achieved on the first album, which is that really grand sort of wall of sound, shoegazy kind of like dreamy landscape. Oh, shoegazy. It kind of was, wasn't it? Without being like emo or anything like that. Like it was, like it had those moments to it. So what did you think of the new track? You know, well, as we've suggested, it, it sounds like it could have fitted into maybe a B-side album of the first one so i'm all over it i loved it and I, the, but for me the chorus it all seems to build the verses build to that like sort of amph, um amphemic sort of chorus you got it right and i find it quite you it right you said amphemic i said amphmetic on a recent episode <laughs> <laughs> i didn't cut it out but i was quite embarrassed by it um I took did you not notice it took me a second just to go over what I was gonna say. Good word. Um but I found it quite cheery the chorus. Yeah, you know I like the way but I like the way he sings. I think he's got a cool voice and I like the way the edits there is almost like that um distortion over the whole track. And I think I thought it was really, really good track. That's that first album aesthetic, I think. Have you seen the yeah. have you seen the artwork for the album? Yeah, 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 yeah. The sort like, of rip off of the clash and Oh well, and Elvis Presley. It's that Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, sorry. Elvis Elvis Presley originally, then the clash ripped that off and then uh, I think other people have ripped it off as well. It's like a um it's a classic style, isn't it, that people go back to. But yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to the album. Yeah, I am. I'm really looking forward to it. Um a band that might have to do a bit more for me to get excited. Um, a track that I found slightly one-dimensional. There's some quirky bits to it, and it's a bit different, but it didn't really wow me. I was. This is a track that I was waiting to build into something like a lot of their tracks do. And I don't know if they're just... They, it's obviously done on purpose, obviously, because they've released the track. But I wonder if they mentally said, in fact, let's not build this one. Let's just leave it as this, because I like this. Mm. And they're a band that are of a size and stature that they can make any decision they want. But unfortunately, it is a track that I didn't really like. And that is Shame, Shame by the Foo Fighters. Yeah, it, that is a shame. I did, because I, I wondered, like, it's funny when it was when it came out i was like because obviously there's been a few Foo fighters albums in the last sort of 10 years i mean they, they do tend to put one out every few years and yeah whenever we've spoken about it i know you've not always been blown away by their recent output but we haven't had to speak about it in a public <laughs> forum such as a podcast so so when it got announced i was like yeah. I was like, okay, we're going to have to talk about this at some point. So 
part of my experience of listening to it was thinking, I wonder what Ed's thinking about this. Like, and, and you were with me the whole time I was listening to the track. I was like, what do you that bit? Will he not? So they, they put out like a teaser, didn't they? I don't know if you saw this, like a few days before with like the, the eye from the new album artwork. Um, and, and just that drum beat. Uh, yeah. Now that drum beat continues pretty much through the whole track, doesn't it? Yeah. it it's on that level. It's interesting because another band we're going to talk about, and we're slowly getting to um, the Get Cape one, so another reference to Get Cape here as well. The track that he released the week before this new EP of his did a similar thing. It felt, it gave you that impression that it might be leading to something, and it didn't. Yeah. I said to you, I bet it's a lead track. I bet it's like an opening track. And I think it is. I, I, off memory, I, I think it is the opening track of his new EP. I wonder whether, yeah. whether the same is true of this, of this Foo Fighters one, whether it is a opener. I've got written down potential first track. Yeah. I, because... I, I did like it. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I, like, no, you, you crack on. I liked it. I didn't like it. It wasn't as, as immediate for me as some of their other stuff recently. Now, full disclaimer, I really liked um, the Wasting Light album. I found the Sonic Highways album fascinating. Wasting Light's fucking... Uh, Wasting Light is fucking years yeah, old, isn't it? It'll be 10 years ago, but I'm just going through their last three albums just to give an idea. Sorry, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Sonic Highways, I love 2014. Because that's correct. Uh, because I followed the documentary along with the tracks and I, I loved them because I know the context of how all the songs were put together because they, they did an episode per song and like all the different okay. like guest spots like uh, Ben Gibbard and uh, various different people. The most recent one, Concrete and Gold, which I think was 2017. Yeah. Didn't enjoy that album as much. There was, a, again, as we quite often will say, there were tracks that, we, that I enjoyed but I, something about that for me, after the two that preceded it, I, I felt a bit let down. I, well, I, I, I'm really wondering where this album's going to go. I, I, if it's a similar vein to the last one, which I feel like from this track, it's almost suggesting it, it might be. But I don't know what I really want. I don't necessarily want them to just like reinvent um, Wasting Light, which was a very sort of like quintessential Foo Fighters sound. I, I told the story recently, I can't remember if I told it to you, but I remember when that album came out, it was sort of hailed as like the return of the Foo Fighters, like finally they're back, like it's, this is like, this is classic Foo's. And I remember being stood outside Square Records on, um, on Record Store Day. And, yeah. Uh, I, I think I, did, I told you this, this story when we were at the pub uh, not that long ago. And yeah. Uh, and somebody who we know from a local band said something like, yeah, I kind of, I really like this new album, but I, I lost interest in them after Colour and the Shape. And I was like, we were like four when Colour and the Shape came out. So don't be so pretentious about it. Like you probably got into Foo Fighters at the same time the rest of us did, like around uh, One by One, like around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, then yeah, you dug back. So what did you do, mate? Did you listen to One by One and decided that you were too cool for school and then went back and were like, oh, it's universally decided that Foo's weren't very good after the first album or so. But, yeah, I, so I kind of have a bit of a, 
I feel a bit weird about the the sort of like the shared understanding of what's good foods and what isn't. Like for me, I was thinking about this earlier on. I think, and they're not my favourite band, but I think they're probably the best band of our generation. I I can't think of another band that has Green Day. But they still, but Green Day don't have that wide appeal, and I yeah, would, and I would argue that Green Day's songwriting, while good, while catchy, while while some of the best uh, of its kind, isn't isn't necessarily like up there in in terms of like the the best um, songwriting as a whole. No, I I I'm I I am joking as. T- in terms of mainstream popularity, consistent band, yes, they are probably the, as you say, the biggest band of our generation. Yeah, I can't think of many others. And, I, and to be fair, I put Coldplay somewhere near that, even though, again, I'm not a big Coldplay fan. But it's the sort of, the sort of band that if you spoke to somebody who didn't like any of the music that we're into, there's a good chance that they might like those. And that might be all they like. And there would have been a time when I might have been a bit snobby about that and been like, huh, like listen to something else. But I feel like now, I feel like I'd almost welcome being able to connect with somebody like on that band alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm sure there's plenty of like, you know, for example, like Daft Punk, right? I'm sure I would make like someone that was into dance music piss their pants laughing. At, like, that's my favourite dance act. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be any more obvious but i'd hope that they would say the same that you know they're... yeah i think it, it it's almost too obvious to be a food fighters fan because yeah you know you go back as far as like the color and the shape and you know their big singles from those sort of like the first three albums you know break out learn to fly monkey wrench um and then they obviously had like you said one by uh, one by one and then um, uh, Best of You was on the following album, then The Pretender. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they've all. Wasted Life. Then they, yeah. And then, obviously, off the last album, The Sky is a Neighborhood, um, which is actually the only track I know off that album. Um, I was actually really put off, as awful as this sounds, I was really put off. I'm going to get it up. Um, the Sonic Highways. I was really put off by the artwork. Yeah, it, but I don't know what I. I hated it. The artwork is very. Um, it it looks like like a computer game, like graphic. Yeah, whereas the Wasting Light album. Yeah, artwork I loved, and even the um, although the Echoes, Silence, Patient, and Grace. You know, I loved, like, I actually preferred, like, Long Road to Ruin. And um, what was the album DOA came off? That was, was that one by- Your Honour. Yeah, that was in Your Honour. Oh, was it? Okay. So I loved that track. Um, what else was on uh, in Your Honour? No Way Back, Best of You. Yeah, that Resolve. Jesus Christ, In Your Honour had some massive singles. Mm. Um, and that was 2005. No, it's shocking, isn't it? But yeah, I know, I, know, I know what you mean about the Sonic Highway's artwork, but again, I'd like the artwork more 
having followed that documentary series because I get what the artwork is about. Like it's supposed to be all those different cities like melded together, but you're right. It does like it on a surface level, it looks very like, this is like almost like Sim City <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, well, that, yeah, Sim City, yeah, or like Civilization or whatever the fuck it, you know. Yeah. Um, but maybe the documentary is something we could explore for like some bonus episodes or something. We could watch uh, one of the episodes and then listen to the track it's and so, get my take on it. It's so good because it's like, it's a music history documentary. Like each place that they go to, they, every, every studio that they go to, they're learning about the music that makes that state. And it's a, it's a good time to get back into the idea of like America, like for, you know, for the last like four years or so, like America's just been a bit of a sore subject. Whereas like at the time when this documentary came out, like I feel like there was some sort of, are you still there? <laughs> you disappeared for a minute then. I, was, I, I might have to um, go and get a charger though. Okay. Because that was my 10% battery warning. Right there. Oh. That's it. You fucking bastard. Ah, right. Uh, Sorry. I feel like there was a bit more pride in America when this documentary came out. And I, I quite like, um, like, American, um, like, road documentaries and stuff because we we i mean quite often we, we you know not you and i personally but we sort of regard america as like one country where it's not it's it's, it's much more like europe in that each of these different states have very different cultures um loosely speaking you know yeah no i know I, I i think everyone would get what you're saying yeah it's incredible when they start to dig into like the music scenes like of those different states like how much stuff it uncovers i, I just thought it was a brilliant documentary and and, and quite what's it what's it on mm, i think it was hbo when it came out so i don't know oh. where it's it nowadays but we can probably find it somewhere um speaking of documentaries i've still got that punchline one to watch that comes out um on general release i think in about a week or two's time so maybe next time we record i'll talk about that um and there's a yeah i'll be interested in watching it and there's a matches do you remember the band the matches uh their documentary they i think they started around the similar time as punchline did and they've both somehow taken three plus years to to make these documentaries but i suppose when you do these things on a small budget it's, it doesn't happen what was the big matches track uh doggy a page chain me free um Any Audio. Are you going to watch that? Well, Sam's a big fan. So she... Is she? she well, they were her favourite band growing up. But you think she's a couple of years younger than us. So when we were seeing matches as a support band for Real Big Fish, she was the age that was getting into that era of, well, that, you know, class of bands, shall we say. Um, yeah, they, they, they've done an album. Like, oh, they've gone on to the like, live albums. Yvonne Dahl killed the locals. That was the debut, yeah. Yeah, Doggy Page, Audio Blood, Chain Me Free. I'm trying to think of the one that I would know. Sick Little Suicide. Yeah. 
and there was some good stuff on that second album that John Feldman did with them. Decomposer. Yeah. Little maggots. Little maggots. Yeah, I haven't thought about the matches in. Yeah, they are. They're almost like quite an obscure band, but I mean, they they did call it a day. I think. Two thousand nine. Yeah, I was gonna say late two thousands. Um, and I think they've done bits and pieces since. Like I think Sam's got a couple of like, like one-off seven-inch singles that they did and stuff like that. Oh yeah, twenty sixteen maybe. Hmm. Anyways. Yeah, so there are yeah, some, some documentaries to watch over the uh, forthcoming festive season. Um, can I just quickly, uh, before, you, before we fight, let's prolong Get Cape. A little bit longer. It seems like we keep referencing him, but not getting to Sam yet. Um, on this day, Sex Pistols went number one with Nevermind the Bollocks. Oh. Yeah. In 1977. I, I'm loath to speak about John Lydon two episodes in a row because <laughs> last time we were talking about his, uh, his cake, not his cake, your cake that you're going to make inspired by his... Uh, All right, well, here's one for you. Yeah, he in not... 1997, so in 1997, on this day, the Spice Girls went number one with their second album, Spice World. Yeah. It went on to sell over 20 million copies. Incredible. People don't... Um, Incredible. Yeah, 20 million. Yeah. But that, that's it. That's, that's all you've got, you know. And that, that concludes on this day. <laughs> so... We should probably oh 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 just just for hilarity now as we keep delaying uh, getting to talk about get cake um, one other song that I made a note of that appeared on my uh, release radar because it was tagged as Fat Boy Slim as an artist is a song called The Voice of Experience right now the other artist that it lists is called Yum Yum Head Food. <laughs> But Never I, heard. <laughs> well, I hadn't, and I, I thought, like, is it like the uh, Fat Boy, aka Norman Cook, or is it that he's done a remix or something of this? So I looked it up, and no, it is actually him. It's just another like name that he's released some music under, and I wonder whether they tagged it with Fat Boy as well, so that someone like me would actually get it in the release radar. Yeah. But what it is? It's this really sort of like quiet ambient track. But it's brilliant because it's appeared on my release radar sort of two weeks in a row. I've, it's come on twice, and the second time round, I realised I was like, "This is I really like this." Uh, so I've been looking into it a bit more just to see like what's the deal with it. Um, if we didn't do a podcast, I probably wouldn't have. I probably just whacked it on a playlist and never thought any more about it. But for the yeah. sake of, for the sake of uh, you know being factual about things, it's an album that he's releasing called Back to Mine, right under this this name. And they're all ambient songs that he used to play to people that would go back to his house after a night out. Oh, that's a cool idea. So he's actually had these songs for years. And just obviously because this year he's, you know, he's not touring or DJing and that, he's, um, he's putting out this album of, uh, of chill-out tunes. But it's really good. So the fact I've mentioned it means I can put it on our playlist so people can check it out and listen to it. That's cool. So... But- has he, has he released this? 
feel my heartbeat. It's the same old feeling coming over me tonight. Feel it buzzing. Said I'm never going to call, but tonight I think I might. Gave my heart a ride, bump in the night. No one can take me higher. No, it's been a while. Baby. You, uh, you, I cut, saw... you cut out a second there. <laughs> oh, doesn't really matter. It's all the same old it's all the same old it's all the same old shit, Eddie. I saw you dancing with somebody looking like me and you. She know how to party, but nothing like me and you. Got that perfect body, but she ain't got the moves. We got something better, got that real groove, baby. Dancing with somebody looking like me and you. She know how to party, but nothing like me and you. Real groove, real groove. We've got that real groove. I mean, so often you do these, and once they've been taken out of context <laughs> and put through the filter of Albasto recitals, um, <laughs> I, I haven't got a fucking clue. I haven't got a first clue who that could be. Just quickly, major mistake. No. I never should have gone. I was on the run. It was heartbreak. I can't stand another day knowing that you are the one. You're the one. Got that real groove, baby. Who the hell do you think has written that well, troller? I don't know. Kylie Minogue. Oh, Kylie. Her new disco album. Oh, she said it's going to be disco. Yeah, I think it's called disco. Oh, well, yeah, it's definitely a disco track. Disco, a lot of shit. Yeah, but to be fair, disco lyrics are kind of like that, aren't they? I, I, like, it, I like the first single that she released on the album. I remember you saying. But I, I, haven't, I don't know if I've listened to much since. <coughs> there was a couple of tracks that I could have gone for this week. Yeah, I've done. I I realised I haven't done one for a while actually. Well, I thought about reading out the lyrics to that scooter track. Jesus Christ! Ah, oh, why haven't we talked about the scooter track yet? We're talking about um, tracks that are of um, inspired by what's been happening this year. This is probably the weirdest one, isn't it? I sent it to you. Um, I let me just... twenty 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 is scooters' uh, contribution to this year's um, growing mixtape of songs about um, COVID-19, right? So here's some, here's some highlights from it. I don't give a penny. Fuck 2020. Now, that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> but that's okay. Sort of does. Sort of does in their accent. Here we go. Posse, united we stand. First, we save the rain. Do an, ac do an accent. Do an accent. <laughs> I could just do his voice. Posse, united we stand. First we save the rave, then we save the world. Ah, we <laughs> got the power. Aha, a nightmare come true. The worst shit ever. Like everyone's insane. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> That's the best bit. <laughs> No, the first bit is the last little bit, right? So the whole song's finished, right? We won't ever stop. The next 
so the next tune we drop, we don't give a penny, fuck 2020, fuck 2020. This is the outro. Stuck on the wrong channel, like chained to a dead camel. Ah. What the fuck? Is that, is that a phrase? Chained <laughs> to a dead camel? Have I missed that for 33 years of my fucking life? Yeah, you've missed it. I use it all the time. <laughs> Would you say my old boy? Use it all the time. Would you say my old boiler was chained to a dead camel? Ah, uh, use it all the time in the trade. Ah, you don't want that. That's chained to an old camel. <laughs> dead camel. Oh, sorry, dead camel. Right, let's talk about Get Cape. <laughs> but no reason. Yeah. Other than we just keep coming up with the stuff. There's, there isn't a reason we, we kept this till last. Um, so this is the whole... Well, it, it makes it easier for Sam to search if he likes that we've tagged him. Yeah, I might actually put in the, in the notes, Sam, it's uh, about 50 minutes in. Um, so... I, 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 it's, it's, it's gone 50 minutes, mate. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Sam, go for about an hour and you might want to just press the 30 second rewind or 15 second, whatever you've got it set on. Right, so this is the whole time. <laughs> After school. Wait, 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 what's happening? Um, you, you've digitised. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, I said, Sam, you're in good company. You're nestled between Kylie and Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking threesome that would be. Right, I don't feel like we've, we've talked that much about um, Get on the podcast over the years because... I don't think in the year that we've been making this, I don't think he's released much. But it's No, but we should highlight that he's in the very first episode as... Yes, yeah. Debut be... album. Yeah. Uh, he was your number one, wasn't he? Yeah. So, there we go. He... There you go, there's the proof. We, we love um, Get Cape, and particularly we both love the, uh, the debut album, uh, as lots of people do. Uh, but we're what? We're about 15 years out from that debut album now. And he's done a lot during that time. I remember reading once that he said that he tries to put out at least one release every year. And I think in which case, last year might be the first year he's not done that. Because um, the most recent thing before this was the Young Adult album. And I think that was 2018. 2018. Yeah, so it's been a while. But this EP, so he, he's talked a lot recently about... Um, having finished an album. So we got the track, um, uh, is it Get Along? Can't remember what the single's called now. Yeah, Get Along. Uh, and then, I don't think it is called that, is it? <laughs> Ebb, Hold Tight. Oh, Hold Tight's the EP, what's the, what's the, the EP? Yeah, it was the... <laughs> um, Go Figure, Go Figure. Go Figure, that's it, Get Along, what am I on about? Go figure. Yeah, so that was the track that came out about uh, two or three weeks ago. And then this EP's followed. But I feel like I said to you uh, when we spoke on the phone that this might be a, a bit of a warm-up for what's coming with the album next year. Um, but I thought it was a solid EP. And I, I thought it was more in the vein of, of his solo releases than perhaps Get Cape. Um, it sounded a bit more stripped back than, than some yeah. of Yeah. And, uh, and it's something that Sam does very well. He does stripped back very, very well. Um, so it's it's not like it was a um, unexpected. It's it's not a surprise. It's not like oh blimey, it's just Sam and a, an acoustic. Because actually, <laughs> he made 
a career of doing, yeah. you know, bedroom shows and picking basement shows and touring the world with just him and an acoustic is how it became such a household name in that sort of um, acoustic uh, singer songwriter scene. And then he, over the years, as it got bigger, he added brass and bass and percussion and stuff, you know, mm. and he, what he's done with the sound from that original album is it's quite mad really. Um, especially I know you saw the album tour, didn't you? Um, in yeah, 10th anniversary one on South End Pier. Yeah. And he, there was a full regalia with him, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, I think there's about nine people on stage at one point. I mean, he, I, I've got nothing but respect for him and how he, he, he treats like himself is like the core of, of obviously the, you know, the, the musical output. And then from album to album, it will just be a different selection of people. And it does make for interesting releases because one will sound almost completely different to the lot, yeah. other than it obviously being him at the centre of it. Um, but this was like, this reminded me of his first solo album where he played mostly, um, it was stripped back, but he was playing like electric guitar and it was like a lone electric guitar for a lot of the tracks. So it's, it's not, I don't think a lot of it was necessarily acoustic on the CP. I think he was playing electric. Uh, yeah. But without the accompaniment of, you know, a full band. Uh, but some of the previews that he's been posting from this album, they've been more sort of drum and bass. It's been more that side of, of his... Um, yeah, which is, which is, he does that really well. So, I was, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, with this EP, there was certainly none of that, really. No, I so was wondering to happen. It didn't. Um, so, I, you said, didn't you? You said that I wonder if this is just a little starter course just yeah. to get people's nose in before the album release next year. Yeah. But that... Um... You... An amuse boost is that what they call it? An amuse boost where they've just brought out the you know a little tete a tete or whatever it's called. Or dove, an old dove, is that what it is? Or dove. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't fucking know. I don't uh, fucking eat. <laughs> you sent me the track uh, Ebb, didn't you? And uh, as soon as that started, I, I was like, oh yeah, this is a, this is a great track. And I actually yeah. um, I listened to that before I listened to the whole EP. Uh, and it wasn't until it got to the chorus that I realised, ah, yeah, I've heard him play it. So when he was playing, um, like, festivals and, like, warm-up shows last year, that song was in the set. So he's obviously been sat on that one for a while. But, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was, it was a solid EP, definitely. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think Ebb was probably my favourite. That was probably the standout track. Yeah, I, I think Ebb was the standout track for me. This is another thing. I've only listened to it once, actually, so I, 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 it's not really that fresh in my mind. But one other thing I liked was the choruses in some of them, because there was like, it had like a live, I say live, it had a, um, a vocal that was clearly recorded for that song, but he'd made it sound like a sample. Did you notice this? On a couple of the choruses, like he had, he's got like a female vocalist. And uh, it sounded almost like it was sampled. And it reminded me of something, and I, I don't know what exactly, but it just like, it, yeah, it was an interesting choice, I thought, in, in just the way that it was kind of um, mixed. Yeah. Almost made it catchier. It was, I'll tell you what it was a bit like. This is a bit of an odd reference. It was a bit like a Moby kind of effect that it had. Like, you know. What, a bit like lurking on, on the vulnerable? 
that's interesting you say that. I there's been a couple of times that Moby's uh, come on playlist recently, and uh, I'm not sure where Moby sits with me now. Especially that because he said some really weird stuff about Natalie Portman. Did you? Hey, you're a massive Natalie Portman fan. Of course, yeah. Padme Amidala. How could I not be? But um, that yeah. was. He claimed like he was in a relationship with Natalie Portman, and she was like, "I met him once or twice or something." So yeah, a bit of an odd dude. But um... well, funny enough, he's just released. Um, he came up in my release radar. Yeah, this is what this week. Some like piano, Moby's piano, something or another. Um, but he released an album this year. Oh, okay. Uh, in in May, called All Visible Objects, and um. I was going to listen to it, but he's recently done uh, this new one, Rise Up in Love. Yeah, Moby's ecstatic piano mix. That's what came up. Um, but yeah, I might, I might listen to the album and see what it is. He had like a... Yeah, I might, I might give it a go. All right. Uh, but you know what I mean, though? Like in... In like porcelain, and what was what was the other one? Honey, don't leave me. That one, like where he's got that sample, like that was kind of what um, it sounded like on those Get Kate tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, I really liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, so there you go. Sorry if it's an anticlimax. <laughs> we finally got to talking about that EP, but uh, yeah, new album next year, and next year's the fifteenth anniversary of. Um, the first album, and he's talking about there finally being a repress on vinyl. Yeah, which I'm excited about. I'd love a repress of that album. I can remember, I was thinking about this earlier on, I can remember seeing that album on vinyl for sale in HMV on Tottenham Court Road, and I reckon it was when we went up for the Newfound Glory Coming Home show at the Yeah. Because it was pissing it down with rain, and I thought if I buy this vinyl, it's not going to survive the rain, the gig, the tube back, and that's why I didn't buy it. So I've been waiting for yeah, fifteen years to, to have the opportunity to buy it again. I did chuck in an offer on eBay uh, a couple of months ago for a guy who had it listed for fifty four ninety nine. Um, so to even be with a chance, my offer was obscene, but he refused it. Well. You might not have much longer to wait. It would have been one that I'd have loved to have done by uh, St. November, if we could have. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a cool little... Uh... Doing it. You know, I think he was maybe looking at doing it for the, for the 10th anniversary, but it, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. I mean, I, I know first-time what it's like with trying to get the rights to things, even if it's your own music, it can be difficult. But there we go. Well, that, you know... We, we sort of joke that this might be the only one we do this month purely because of but maybe we'll, the proof will be in the pudding and we'll see how people take to the Zoom uh, sound. Yeah. Hopefully. It's, um, I, don't, I don't think the connection's been half as bad as I thought it was going to be. So that's good. Um, although you have frozen right now. So. Oh, I, I just said something about Bob Dylan. <laughs> If you just said, what do you think I was talking about? <laughs> I don't think I'd have guessed that in a million years. Well, I, I, was, I was suggesting that our podcast going to Zoom for this episode was like Bob Dylan going from acoustic to electric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it could be as, as uh, divisive, yeah. You might be right. Um, 
but this has been fun. I quite enjoyed it. It's funny how recording in different ways gives a different um, uh, a different vibe to the conversation. And I feel like this is this has been a bit more sort of free flowing than maybe it normally would. I feel like we covered some ground that I didn't expect to today. Which definitely means it's going to be shit when you listen back to it, because all the ones that sound shit, you always end up going, this was a really good episode, actually. So the fact you've just said this is good, this is going to be trollop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now I'm being bothered with cats, so I think that's probably uh, the time to, to call it a day. Edward, and I'm my my feet are getting frozen in this garage now because I'm only wearing socks. You said where can people find you? I mean, <laughs> ideally not in the garage. <laughs> I'm in the garage. I'll be in the tumble dryer, spinning around, trying to get warm. There we go. The cat's going in now. Shh. We're podcasting. Um, sorry. But yes, you can find me at Run with Ed on Twitter and Instagram, and they can find you at uh, at. <laughs> <laughs> at Liam Toms and uh, liamtoms.com and I've done the first bit of writing I've done there for probably about eight or nine months so uh, do you um do you make any money off that <laughs> hell Why? oh feel free to mention it then mention it mention away <laughs> I, I just thought I would at least mention that all these times that I say it at the end of every episode if anyone's ever thought well I'm gonna go and check it out or, or they do check it out every time. They've probably been bitterly disappointed that nothing has changed in the, about the space of a year. But I have, I have started using it again. So yeah, it's worth mentioning. Uh, if you want to find the podcast, it is at Two Track Mind Pod. Uh, you can join the Burying Trust over on Facebook. And if you don't like, there's Facebook, now three episodes there for your listening pleasure. Uh, yeah, and if you don't like Facebook, you can join the mailing list as well at TwoTrackMind.uk. Uh, What's coming up? We've got our um, our big review of uh, the album club choices. Uh, yep. We definitely have to post them again, if only to remind me what they are. <laughs> but I'll, I... po- I'll, I'll, I'll post them. I've also got some awesome merch that I'm gonna that I'll tease and I'll post this week. Cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, were you expecting more there? <laughs> I, I didn't know how much you were going to explain at this point, but... Uh, no, um, that's it, that's it. Cool, all right. Well, thank you uh, for joining us, and um, we will hopefully be speaking to you again before before long, you know? And in the meantime... Yeah. Take care, and uh, and just don't give in to the hysteria of it all. Just, you know, chill out. Chat to your mates on Zoom. Chill out, have a beer. And listen to Two Track Mind. Perfect. Goodbye. Bye.